0: All right, my friends, bonus week rages on here at Best Hour of Their Day. In today's episode, Fern sat down with Denise Thomas and Austin Maliolo, two of the best coaches in the world, and we answer your questions. We do this every couple weeks, so be sure to follow us on social media at Best Hour of Their Day. We ask for your questions, and we answer them. You want to become a better coach. You want your box to be Thriving, to be making more money, to give you more time. You have questions on movements, you have questions on anything. We do our best to give back to you, give back to the community, and help you out. So, Austin and Denise, two of the best in the world, Fern sat down with them. We're going to answer all of your questions and more coming up right here on a bonus week, a best hour of their day. If you've enjoyed the last couple episodes, with Todd Whitman, with Stu Brower. If you're looking forward to the rest of the episodes coming out this week, Chuck Bennington, and so much more, please leave us a review. That's all we ask. Really, it's not much, right? Click on your podcast app, open it up, find us on there. Hell, you're already listening to us, so just go in there, click on that five-star, type in something nice about us, even if you're making it up, I don't care. Just leave us a review. It's how we spread the word. Please go ahead, take a moment, do that. Then share this with one friend, one family member, your mom, your uncle, your dog. Just share this. Hook us up. You're enjoying best hour of their day. We're enjoying bringing you the content. It's a mutual, it's, it's a beneficial experience is what I'm trying to say. One love. We're all winning that's it. My spiel is over. My rant is over. Thanks so much for tuning in. Here we go. Fern sits down with Austin and Denise right here on best hour of their day. I just
1: have to put that out. And now we're recording. Okay. We're live. Yes. And we're not actually live, live means we're on the internet. Alright everybody, welcome back to the best hour of their day. I'm here with two of my favorite people. Miss Denise Thomas, Mr. Austin Melolo. And the people do want to know where the last nineteen minutes of that podcast last would. 19 t- minutes. <laughs> They're a
2: hidden gem.
1: It's uh we're gonna make it a special episode. It'll it's add-on. it'll it's an add on. Yeah. For a small price of nine ninety nine, you can listen to the last nineteen minutes the last of the podcast. Um
3: did everyone a favor by losing it. <laughs>
1: I felt like that's where all the good stuff was, though. Let's but.
2: look back on how many likes Austin's post got.
1: I was the
3: first one, so I actually I started. You know, I had to get I had to get the steam going. Oh, you got it going.
2: Yeah.
1: If you guys can't tell, Austin and Denise are basically siblings. Yeah, they fight like it. Um, but no, back by popular demand, we got a lot of good feedback for the Q and A, so I've been up at Reebok. Uh, with Austin and Denise for the past two days, so we decided we we're going to do a little Q&A. We have a bunch of questions, but first, uh, I would I think it's going to be great for the listeners to. There's been a lot of changes in CrossFit with SME course and stuff like that, and what we were doing here today was doing a little run through of the CDP course. So, just kind of tell folks like what that's going to look like going forward.
2: Okay, yeah, the, the CDP stands for Coach Development Program. Just a little history. It originated back at Reebok CrossFit 1, our affiliate. Um, it came about because we were getting a lot of questions at the level 2 that related to classes. Um, and there wasn't really anything out there that we could give people feedback on in an actual real-time live class where they would get feedback right after they coached a class. So we piloted it at Reebok CrossFit One. It caught traction. We had people from all over the world, all kinds of countries, coming for one-day course, three-day course, uh, five-day courses. And then eventually um, we talked to CrossFit. And they loved it, and they wanted us to join forces with them. So it became the SME, Pro- Coach Development Program. And like you said recently, it's, um, they've, they've moved on from that. They're going to focus on Level 1s, Level 2s, and now we have it and uh, essentially it's just a place for people to come where we highlight weaknesses that are masked by the comforts of their own gym and then we give them help on enhancing or uh, improving those areas so there's no better place to put somebody than an unfamiliar environment to, um, to see where they need help because a lot of things in your own gym you do autopilot you know how many bars you have you know where the the wall walls are, you know how much space you have you, you know all your members um, injuries and the, the lack of capacity or over capacity whatever that is, so they come here they don't know anybody and it really speaks volumes on how well you can prepare and implement and execute an effective class um, and we believe that this program will help lead people towards being able to coach in any gym in any country in the world because it's all to do with the effectiveness and not familiarity of who's in your class so that's a, a general overview of where it came from and where we're at right now um, I mean how many have we done now over the last four or five years four I mean, years
3: I mean we've done over 40 programs but
1: ranging from one to five people mm-hmm. so good amount and and just so people have context here this is this is uh, very much like an immersion course. So, like, you're going to come in, you're going to do everything soup to nuts from, like, running a class, right? So you're going to do lesson planning, you might be running drills, but it's also going to be tailored for you where you're at. So that, that's probably going to be the first question with regard to this question is, who is the CDP for?
3: Right. The CDP is really for, for any, any aspiring coach, current coach... Full, part-time, business owner in the world of CrossFit. Think, ask yourself, have you ever wanted to get feedback? Do you want to be challenged? And how do you do that? No book, no online course. There's nothing in any world, in any trade, trumps the ability to have real-time feedback on the actual craft. There's a reason why the most important fields in the world have the most hands-on training time. Think the medical community. The amount of time that they spend where they're actually doing stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But they're under the watchful eye of seniors in that respective field. People that have a, a good amount of experience, not only in their own field, but also shepherding the journey for, of, of younger, more novice trainers. That's exactly what this program is. And the need for it in the in the world of crossfit is extremely high because the the thing we hear the most is i don't get feedback. So if you are that person if 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 you said man I wish I got feedback. I wish I could, you know, know if I'm doing what I'm, what if what I'm doing is correct, whether it is from a programming perspective to a coaching perspective to how you're running the gym if you have a few coaches and other people that work for you. Our purpose is to add as much value as we can and be as exhaustive as we can. And the bit, one of the bigger differences that for those of you that have followed the CDP in, in, in years past to what we're doing now is we're expanding globally to people like yourself mm-hmm. uh, and, and other places around the US and the world that we, you know, Denise and myself and James Hobart have Spent a good amount of time making sure that, you know, obviously trainers of your caliber, trainers that have a facility that is appropriate. So with those locations, make it lower the barrier to entry because it is an expensive program because their time investment is unbelievably high from, you know, myself and Denise and James and now you and others. So what mm-hmm. our, our goal has been to lower that barrier entry by, hey, you know what? If you live in the Virginia Beach area, you can go to your... Gym. If you live in the Boston area, you can go to... Uh, yeah. Church so Church for, Church.
1: for those that don't know, for the most part, until maybe the last year, yeah. you could only do this in Boston. Correct. Right? And then, it, it, like, there was a short time of expansion, you could I think, where you could do um, maybe one or two other locations. You about, like,
3: three... Like, two other locations that were consistent, yeah.
1: Yeah. So... But now, there's going to be... So... Talking to me about, like, a little bit about, like, what you can, at least currently, as far as, like, where you guys are looking to go, right? So, Europe, you know, multiple locations in the States. Um,
2: you want us to give you a secret where we're going to
1: go? I mean, listen, if you want your podcast to keep getting lights, Denise, the then you yeah. need to <laughs> right. Yeah, we're
2: going to go. We're already here, obviously, in Boston, two mm-hmm. locations, like CrossFit One Nation and Reebok CrossFit One. We've expanded out to now Virginia Beach with mm-hmm. you, um, Nuremberg in Germany with Drake Lackey and Scotland in Aberdeen with Rob Lawson. Mm-hmm. Um, all senior level CrossFit HQ trainers, all Flow Masters for the Level One, Level Two courses. We're looking to eventually move into the Mid Atlantic. The instructor will be revealed
0: mm-hmm. shortly, Ooh.
2: but she Ooh. is a firecracker. Australia. We have a lot of uh, interest from Australia. It's so far, there's no yeah. way that they could do that. So we're currently in talks with someone over there, um, Brazil, Ricardinho, mm-hmm. um, who was part of the program before, um, mm-hmm. and Canada. Yep. They're all Canadian. You know, so, Canada. Yeah, well, Canada. Probably um, up in Ottawa and uh, Laval. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who you know. Obviously, people, when they're doing anything, they have concerns about, hey, what's the continuity across that? I mean, like, just like you would get at a level one or level two, the level of training and the level of feedback you're going to get is going to be really, really high across the board, regardless of where the where the, the person chooses to take the course. But now it's just more accessible because now you don't have to worry about potentially as much travel, Correct. right? So it's going to bring the cost down, make it a little bit more. But the real value is being in an af- in affiliate real time with everyday athletes, you know, so people are going to be going through everything from writing lesson plans to running multiple full-blown classes and getting real-time feedback on that, you know, potentially running drills depending on where the coach is at. So, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, your own personal little two- or three-day mm-hmm. seminar yeah. with, with an immense amount of feedback.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, I think that if you're going to... The, the respect that we have for individuals that sign up for this program is so immense because the, the, the cost, which we, and we respect that. We understand, like, that's something that we don't take lightly. Um, and then also the ability to know that you're going to be coming in, and we are not going to tell you what you're great at. We don't have the time to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll mention it. We're going to spend a lot of time on your areas of improvement. And that's t- I don't care who you are. It's hard. It's exhausting. Yeah. so um, and with that for those that walk through the doors spend the time here and walk out we've never not seen anyone get better because of a there's commitment yeah they're here and then there's a level of vulnerability that has to happen and with that comes growth so it's a it's a unique program you won't get that in a bigger setting right you're not gonna get more than three people three to five people depending on your location and which is special yeah right? so it's a it, it can't be compared to a two-day seminar because, you know, a two-day seminar with 50 people is an amazing thing, but it's just very different. It's, uh, not, it's, it's comparing two very different species.
1: I, I think probably the closest thing I would be able to compare it to is anybody who's taken the level two, imagine getting, imagine any one of those breakouts, which can be anything from five to ten minutes, imagine getting three days of that. Right, that would be like the closest thing I could compare it to, which is like everything you're going to be doing there is going to be unique to your skill set. And then you'll also get to learn from watching other people do and learn and get feedback as well. So, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of levels to this. And so if anybody's like kind of wondering like, okay, what, what am I going to get? If you've done the level two, that's what you're going to get for one to three days.
2: Yeah, it's the level two on steroids. And by steroids, I mean we're expanding out from these, these little contrived drills that we do, like the seeing drill and the correcting drill. And, and we're now going to take that, I guess, microcosm of, of the teaching world and the coaching world and implement it into a class of 10, 15 people and see how those drills actually come alive in a real-life class. And there's one thing doing it and practicing the skill set in a group of five to eight people but then actually making them useful in a class that's a hard transition there's a skill set there you have to practice that and that's what we do here we'll take those things and we'll put them in the class and um, the customization is the best part of this program so we could have three people on a three-day program we could have you jason fern crossfit hq trainer alongside bob who's been doing cross, uh, coaching crossfit for three four five years Not an owner, just a you know your regular, your head trainer, alongside um, Sarah, who is just taking a level one, maybe coached 10 to 15 classes. And we're gonna do everything together in a group. Everything. Mm -hmm. And we'll come back to how that works in a second. But we're gonna take you as the HQ trainer and ask you your goals. And you're gonna say, I wanna be a better coach alright Jay you're already a really good coach you work for CrossFit HQ Mm -hmm. you run uh, your own gym blah 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 give me more be more specific alright please maybe I want to get better at giving feedback to my coaches perfect because what we can then do is have you watch Sarah's classes who's brand new we talk about the feedback that you're going to give Sarah Mm -hmm. and then we sit in together and you give feedback to Sarah because of Sarah's newness, and we've discussed it, we'll practice, We'll uh, evaluate your ability to give feedback to Sarah. Yeah,
1: and that's probably what I think is probably the most the most valuable. So there's there's probably coaches that are listening to this. They're like, well, I'm experienced. You know, I know how to write a lesson plan. I'm pretty good at you know seeing and correcting. But there's always another level to that, which is like, okay, maybe you are good at seeing and correcting. Maybe your timeline is tight. Maybe not. But let's say that it is then what's the next layer of that? Okay, what do you do uh, in, for instance, like we talked about today, if you have that class full of pipe hitters who don't necessarily require as much time and effort and TLC in the class with regard to the teaching and seeing correcting. But I still need to run an effective class that provides value to those folks, and there's some efficient ways and some inefficient ways or effective ways and ineffective ways to do that. So if you're one of those coaches who's only good with novice-level athletes, then this is also another really good opportunity for figure out how to dial that up so that regardless of who walks in your gym, you're going to be able to take that athlete and, and tune them up a little bit, which is like, how do I challenge really good athletes? And those are some of the things you can cover if that happens to be where you're at in your coaching journey.
2: Right. Yeah, you yeah. have to... A big skill set that a lot of intermediate to advanced coaches not necessarily lack, like, but might be a weaker in is your, their ability to know their audience the 11 o'clock class today every single person in that class couldn't do a muscle up except Jackie who can't do one anyway but she's heavily pregnant So and this was up. a class
1: of 8 probably 8 to 10 about yeah. not even,
2: I think it was yeah maybe 8 yeah Um. can you you have your plan right which would include let's go through some muscle up transitions let's hold positions let's identify strength capacity could you look at could you as they're coming in be like and they have muscle ups and not just have them they can do them I've seen them do them in workouts oh them too oh man these two people as well everybody that's coming in can do a muscle up except Jackie Yeah. can you pull an audible from your plan that's what we're looking for your advanced coaches or your, even your like high level intermediate mm-hmm. coach to be able to do and that's not easy because that doesn't mean you have to ride two lesson plans but you have to have the awareness of I don't need to go through ring support a million times, pulls a million times, false grip. Um, it's not wrong, and we definitely will probably hit ten transitions just for positioning. Yeah. Just so that Jackie's getting some love, right? And then the others are just waking up the brain and getting their neurological juices flowing. Yeah. And then we immediately move on to hiring swings. Maybe change the false grip to neutral grip now if that's what they like, Um Maybe do some skill stuff, some fun stuff, like ice cream makers, have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, but you have to have that ability to know your audience, always. You've got to be checking people they're coming through the door. And a lot of coaches um, are not aware that that's a really cool trick to have in your back pocket, mm-hmm. so that you can start thinking in your own thinking before you get into the workout. Yeah.
1: So if, if people are interested, definitely look it up, and we'll go over where to find that in just a second. But, again, the real value is there is that, you know, obviously there's a curriculum that is being covered, but that curriculum is fairly fluid based on you and where you're at as a coach. So it's just we're going to change it on the fly. Like, if you just need to work on just writing lesson plans, and that's where we're going to get dialed in. If you're pretty advanced, we're going to work on some of the more advanced things. So where can people find out information about the CDP?
3: They cannot... CoachDevelopmentProgram.com um, And that's going to be our website where we have all of our current courses that have opportunity to be signed up and then upcoming courses. Any really, a lot of this information is covered on there, just not as eloquently as Denise just spoke about it, obviously. But um, that it was? It, yeah. yeah. Did we get that? Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. We oh, it, it blanked out. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, wow. it blanked yeah. out. <laughs> um, and then also uh, Coach Development Program uh, Instagram as well. Um, and that's uh, where we post a lot of the stuff that we, that we do during the CDPs and whatnot. So that's what maybe you're, you're the best bet and coach development program at gmail.com is an email for us too. That goes to all of us and we can uh, always square you guys away. But uh, hit us up if you have questions, comments, concerns, and uh, we'll make it happen.
1: And then m- there's only a few dates open right now, correct? So a lot more of these will be open here in the next several months. Um, So you guys will start seeing far more availability for this and being able to get in there during the week, right? Because we want coaches to be able to see real time, get multiple classes underneath their belt, get tons of feedback and work on stuff like that. Um, Also importantly, this is a CrossFit preferred course. So it is, it does have CEUs attached to it and a massive amount of CEUs attached to it. Six per day. Yeah.
3: Six CEUs per day. So if you come for one day that's six, you guys can do the math. So it adds up.
1: Yeah. So for those of you that are level three trainers, uh, I mean that's what sixty percent of your CEU requirements for that time period. I mean it's yeah. a lot.
3: Yeah, it's um that's a, a huge value from your time and investment, and that's something that we're super proud of. Um, so that's uh if you're preparing for the level three. It's a good way to prepare for it if you're looking to keep the level three it's a great way to have a tailored experience um if some of the other courses might be a little bit you know beyond the scope or something that you've already done because at some point you've been in this world a good amount of time you're looking for something that's a little more as we've discussed uh personalized to where you're at so i think that, i think that if you fit that bill it's a, it's a good opportunity
1: yeah it's, it's custom tailored it's no different than an athlete who's been Crossfitting for five or six years and they're just like hey listen I like the classes, but I kind of would like a little individualized training. Yeah, personal training, if you will, for a coach. So. Well,
2: actually, I wouldn't even necessarily compare it to doing like, one-on-ones versus classes. What it's probably more like is we're still going to have the foundation of teaching correct food because i
1: demonstration. It's good that you got that because yesterday you were stumbling still up your
2: I still yesterday. I'm like, how many other 5%? Um... In a a CrossFit setting where we have an athlete that needs to work on other things, we would target the weakness within the class, whether that's, you know, move faster, better. Yeah. Maybe that's go a little bit heavier, do less reps, or whatever it is. We wouldn't change it. We would just target it, and that's what we do here. We're not going to change the foundation, but based on what you need, you might stay with lesson plans for a day where, Jay, you're already pretty good at lesson plans yeah he could be better But we're gonna move on and let you go into seeing teaching and seeing right whereas james is over here and he's doing lesson planning you're doing uh teaching and seeing but austin he's sorry like pretty good teacher and he sees well and he he writes a good lesson plan so now we're gonna see his ability to correct and that could happen all on day one so everybody will all be doing their own thing and that's yeah. the customization.
1: Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing because it is of importance to note, so there are host facilities but people can have it hosted at their facility as, as well, correct?
2: Correct. If they would like to request a coach development program to be hosted at their site there are some conditions associated to that. Um, they should just reach out to us and yeah. we'll give them the details on it. But um, it's a little, a little different, but yes, that's an option. They
1: it's can, available. It's available. They can do that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, perfect segue because there's, you know, a huge swath of coaches that listen to the podcast. And so, we're going to do a little Q&A. And I think we're going to start with this one, Austin, because this is the one that you got a little a little tuned up for yesterday.
2: Wait, got fired <laughs> yesterday yeah.
1: yeah yeah that doesn't happen very often no. guys uh, that,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Within,
1: awesome. within a 30 minute span it yeah, doesn't happen right. very often that's right um, alright so the first one comes from Adam uh, underscore CFF most trainers I meet especially brand new L1s and a ton of L2s seem extremely inequipped to develop game plans or treatment plans if you will for athletes with limited mobility and range of motion soft tissue work like foam rolling band distractions lacrosse balls uh, are great in temporary releases, but uh, more often than not are, are likely band-aids that don't require, or that don't quite solve the problem. What methods have you guys used or employed that have been successful at truly correcting poor mobility and range of motion, i.e., athlete can't hold a front rack with the bar on the shoulders or elbows behind the bar uh, is all they can do. Uh, Stuffed ankles not allowing knee to bend and push forward. I think you guys get the, the gist of the question. So mobility in classes.
3: Yeah, it's a great question, because everyone asks it, and no one really knows how to properly answer it, so what I mean by that is, here's the deal, I'm not a physical therapist, I'm not an occupational therapist, I'm, that's not my world, so, and, and if that's your world, I think that's great, but I have an hour with people. We have over 400 members at Reebok CrossFit One, and we maybe have two or three that can't get into a rack position with the bar. And here's the thing: we have a member that just started. He's 67 years old, and you know has some kyphosis going on. Has you know he's never done CrossFit before. Has never put a barbell in his hand. And day one, you know the barbell was super uncomfortable, really challenging and now we're about a month in, and he can do a front squat with a 15-pound barbell, elbows off the knees, bar on the body. And I've done zero soft tissue work, zero mobility work. But every time he walks into class, and this when I say me, I, I speak for my coaching staff, because I don't coach him uh, specifically every single class, but our staff does. And we're all, we all have similar approaches. He does the movements with the PVC pipe, we fight for positions, we work for them in good positions, We do not allow mobility to be an excuse. We do not push people into a painful range of motion. We push them through an uncomfortable range of motion. New range is weak range, therefore it will be weak, therefore you will not know what it feels like. So when someone says this hurts, say stop. We don't push through pain. Oftentimes, you'll be met with, well, no, it doesn't hurt. It's just really hard or it's really uncomfortable. Great. You've just learned the most important athlete and coach relationship that you can have. Again, mobility is an excuse for poor coaches not to do their job.
1: I think, so it's important, number one. We're not, we're not discounting the fact that people should get be able to get into better positions. However, I think from a practical standpoint, and I'll speak from my experience specifically at the level one and the level twos is that far too many people are uncomfortable making people work hard, meaning that coaches are just way too quick to punt to mobility instead of just saying, I need you to work a little bit harder.
3: Well, yeah, and, but also coaches, and here's another thing, like coaches don't have the ability so of how to make a front rack position better. You coaches most of coaches that struggle with the mobility question, because I'll do this all the time at seminars. They'll be like they'll you know, they'll go like, with the athlete, they'll stand there and be like and shake their head like I can't go to a back, better rack position. And and everyone's like, Oh yeah, they're super tight or like I'm super tight and with a few cues, I'm able to get them into a rack yeah. position. And and again, that's that is the that's the problem. And and, and here's what the they're deal. really
1: saying is I don't want to because it's hard.
3: And what the coach is then saying is that I don't have the ability to, one, handle this, this, um, this emotional conversation and or I don't have the technical ability to make their rack position better, which might be the case. But let's not mask it with, oh, Denise can't get into a rack position because of her mobility, so I need to give her some, some uh, you know, a long treatment plan for it. You want a better rack position, stand in a rack position.
1: You know, it's, it's going to be your best thing you're going to do. Well, also let's think about practically how that unfolds, right? So, real time, you're watching somebody coach, and you let's use PVC. But it's just an easy one to think about visually. If you this this podcast doesn't have video, but you give everybody a PVC five, and we're doing front squats, and then immediately a coach will see somebody who is in a less than ideal position, be like, "Oh, their t- their shoulders are tight." Mm. So let's unpack that right there, which is like you just made an assessment simply by looking at somebody with no other information that that person cannot do something. Right, it's like and the, I cannot think of a scenario where that would be correct. So the, it's like you're a, you have a superpower.
2: <laughs> so the, uh, at the coach development program, we see this a lot. And we have to take them back. let to take them through a process. Well, what needs to happen for a rack position to be um, appropriate or correct?
3: What are the points of performance? Or oh, the good points of
2: performance. Because before we go to that that case of them being tight, where are their hands in relation to their shoulders? Number one. If they're touching or they're inside, the first line of action is bring them wider, okay? And then they say, Okay, that made it better but they're still too tight, because mm-hmm. now their elbows are still low, all the balls off the body, whatever it is. Now the next cue would be elbows up, correct? But have you checked their grip? Like, Have you checked that they're truly in a two-fingered fingertip grip?
1: Or less or one.
2: Or less or one. Because in, the ma- you know, in our manual, we say loose fingertip grip. That doesn't mean that you have to do a loose fingertip grip every time. I mean, in our classes here, we, we try and get people into full grips because it does actually help keep the chest a little higher. But that's not the right grip for everyone. So you have to look at the grip. Before you make the assessment of they're too tight or they can't. So then we have to correct them, right? Like, all right, coach, roll roll back into your fingers. Do you know where the bar goes? Sometimes when we ask them to roll it back into their fingertips, it ends at the knuckle. So they're not in the fingertips yet, right? They've not got there. I asked them specifically for that. I need that.
1: Fingertips means fingertips. Fingertips (laughs)
2: fingertips. now, now the elbows go up a little more. We're getting somewhere. And at that point, we've widened the grip, we've rolled the bar back into the fingers, we've asked them to pull their elbows up, we got some improvement. Now we can get in there and be a little bit more relentless. Like, ooh, a little more, a little more. And when we start to see the grimace on their face, we've got them to an uncomfortable position like Austin just alluded to that's not painful, it's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar.
1: And that's what I think is the key takeaway there, is that most people are, are punting to their mobility without asking for more first
2: and it's either it's it's like he said like Austin said it's do they have that level of knowledge before they, because i know when i started coaching i would put them also you go get a band let's wrap our hand around and yeah and it's that's Austin, a real thing it's like, a real yeah, yeah. thing it happens and it's not you and, and 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 we have to always also remember any coach that gives a member something is done out of care it's always out of care it's always out of, always out of i want to help them uh, but ignorance is, is a real thing, right? It's our, our lack of knowledge or experience. So, I mean, we've been in, doing and in this. Scenarios
3: like this, I think it's important. That the ignorance will do is just blunt growth over time. It's not that you're going to hurt your people. It's not that you're going to do bad things. It's just it blunts the ability to make people better. Yeah. And unfortunately, with mobility, is that it's sexy, and mm-hmm. and it's and. It takes the responsibility, unfortunately, out of the trainer's hand. Yeah. Right? Notice how I noticed everything that he's been talking about has been a coach's responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just think to, to put a, a capstone on it is two things are important. But he did. Yeah. But two th-
1: <laughs> so two like two me things. when I talk about yeah. right?
3: Warm-ups matter, right? The warmer you get, the better a rack position feels. Who would have thought, right? So that's important. So you want... Before you make any real assessments, like, well, how come your rectus feels better at the end of a workout than in the beginning? Well, you're warmed up, yeah, right, which is real. And if you really want soft tissue work, if you really want that, go to someone that works on you. So, like, yeah, when I, like when, when I was you know competing and training, I would have a I would have a physical therapist that did did body work, ART, and and, mm-hmm. and and let me tell you something. I understand what he was doing and how I could have some sort of replication with a tool or whatever it might be, but. If you want something, in my opinion, to be done, and it has to be done consistently, and someone probably should be doing it on you that knows way more than you, or it's, you know, if you have that knowledge, you can't be doing that on yourself because yeah. the position you need to be in. So, for me, that's what I will do if, that, if I feel like it's because of course that's going to help, but the key is to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I think what people forget is people in your gym for less than an hour a day, they show up late and leave early, quality of movement needs to be a focus, and just so happens good quality positions are positions of orthopedic safety, mechanical advantage, functionality, we get that. Therefore, they will get better by being in those positions.
1: I feel like you've said this before. Maybe, maybe in a seminar setting. Yeah. No. no, so I think the big takeaway is there, A, you need to work a little bit harder to get people in good positions, and it's okay if they work hard and they grimace a little bit, but it needs to be pain-free range of motion. Or let's say every weekend at the level one, hey, I'm okay <laughs> if you're struggling, I'm not okay if you're in pain. That's right. right. And it's okay if they if they work hard. It's okay if people sweat with a PVC pipe. Like, that's perfectly acceptable and probably encouraged. Yeah. Um, and then just know where your swim lane ends. Like, if you're not a physical therapist, then maybe send them to go see a physical therapist.
2: I think, like, to, to Adam's question is, what methods do we use or employ that have been successful at helping people with this is have knowledge of the movement and look for those things and yeah. then try to make them better. It's, it comes back to teach, see, correct. Yeah. To teach, you have to have... Yeah. Knowledge also, the way that we talk about this, like it just rolls off our tongue. We're ten years of yeah working seminars every weekend for the most part, and working Monday through Friday in an affiliate. Mm. I mean, that's, professional coaches. It's experience, like it's not going to just happen. And but try, like look internally and say, what can I do to help this person right now in this movement. And if you don't have the answers, it might
1: be a knowledge, a knowledge and experience piece. Cool. Uh, all right, next question from looks like David Mitchell, seventy-one fifty-nine, and this is actually interesting because this is uh, a question that came up today actually mm-hmm. which is what should a coach look for regarding coaching at a new box for instance looking for a certain demographic owners who support and push private training sessions etc so i think this is i move to a new location i would like to continue or start coaching what should i be looking for in a gym that i would potentially end up being a coach at
2: we probably both have similar but different houses do you want to go for that do
3: you it was funny, because, like we said this was asked today at a yeah. coach de- for a coach development. development. Um, I think that the first thing you need to look for, it, not even look for it, I think you need to put the onus on you, and I think you should join the community. So you probably start five gyms that are you know realistic for you to actually be at. You drop into those five and you're just a person you're just and you're dropping in and, and I would and, and, and you're taking the class and I do think that you should let the uh, you know who like the owner know or whomever is there and maybe you should a note that you are have moved to the area that you're looking to, to join the community and then hopefully if an opportunity arises to be a part of the, the coaching staff you know whether it's a long goal or a continuation of a goal that you're doing because maybe you are currently coaching but I do think you need to be transparent and I do think it's okay for you to let them know that you're dropping into a handful of gyms. I mean, that's the beauty of the CrossFit community. And and every community is different, therefore not everyone is a fit, and that is okay. Then from there,
1: join the community. I personally believe that you need to be a member before you coach. That's where I was gonna go, because that's yeah. where I see the biggest hang up with people. They're like, yeah. Oh, I can't have a free membership. Well then I'm gonna go somewhere else.
3: Yeah, I mean I, I that's and, and again I you know I I get a lot of people that apply for you know jobs at at, at this gym and at my other gyms, and we really we ask them to to, that you need to be a member before. And I know that's a very it's not a normal route, but remember this: you're a consumer. So, in my opinion, if you want to be if you want a really good look at a job, you should be a consumer of that company. You should know that brand just so happens the product that we deliver across affiliate is fitness so you need to be a member for at least a month and pay your and and be a part of it and you know what show up early leave late and clean the gym help out and ask for nothing in return and and because what that does is it shows that you care, that you understand it's a small business, that you're not naive to think that you're going to walk in and th- slap your resume on the table and ask for a $50,000 a year salary because that's the going rate that you somehow saw on some Reddit platform. So I think those are things that can set you up for success because mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, as a gym owner, if you see someone that works hard, that's respectful, that is, it's like wow they're, they're they're taking class they're nice they're they stayed late one day to help you know clean the gym like other people and then and then you're like you know why wouldn't I want this person on my yeah. team that's how I would look at it um, and just be straight up and honest with it because yeah. you know I mean that's we, we're super appreciative of that at this gym and other gyms but we some of our best coaches at Reebok Cross at one and at one nation have showed up volunteered their time to be here like hey I want to mm-hmm. learn. I just need, I, is it okay if we're here? We're like, yeah. They show up, they observe class, they clean, they hustle, they work, they show up more, they show up more, they never leave, <laughs> they become a part of the team, but they're still volunteering, a job opens up, and why wouldn't we hire them? Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's amazing how, sim- I mean, how simple it is, but literally, we have some of our best coaches at Reebok CrossFit 1 have followed that, that pattern. you had a little
1: different answer
2: uh, it's actually pretty much the same as his but just to piggyback on what he said is we don't hire good coaches here it's helpful if they can coach and it sounds cheesy and and we hire good people
0: Mm.
2: we really do because you've probably heard this before but you can definitely teach anyone how to coach they have enough care it's a coach classman thing they care um We've never we did attempt to hire good coaches in the past, and it didn't work out well. It wasn't like bad. It just there's there's the, like he said a level of expectation. So if I can pull back a little bit to answer this question, what he said I loved you. You're joining a community, you are buying into a community first. That's the best thing about the CrossFit methodology. Is mm-hmm. The community you're buying into the community, you become a member. And then you decide, is this a place that I would like to coach at? Now, how, now, what do you look at to make that decision? The programming is important. Not because certain programming trumps others, but one of the most common questions we get at the level two is, We there's too much programming in the hour for us to, to do. All these things you say are great, we've got to teach, we've got to see. We, we don't have time because we're scrambling around putting out fires and just making sure we can get everything in.
1: That, that comes up more and more these right. days. It's, come, it's becoming a very, very frequently asked question. How do I navigate that as a coach in an affiliate where I don't have that control?
2: Right, so here's, here's... So
1: you can avoid that altogether by just maybe not going to... Well, here's where
2: I'm going with that. Is if I backtrack a little bit. The <coughs> owner of the gym gets to make any call they want because they have worked their butts off to invest. It's so their thousands of dollars. So if you become a member and you decide you like the programming and you like the way that things are done and you want to be a part of that coaching staff, then you've put in the time and you're there. If you go to a gym and you feel like you're always being rushed as a member or you feel like you don't get enough corrections or any attention is that a gym that you want to be at? And maybe maybe you don't know these answers yet because you're just a member, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a coach coming in, and you should have some idea. That right there will lead you to whether or not you want to be there because the ability to, you know, to pick a gym... Let me backtrack. People are going to come up to us and say, I can't do this. You have a couple of options if you're in it and you don't want to do it. You either... Do the programming and you don't complain because it's not your gym, or you leave. And people have a hard time with that, but you don't have to be there, you can you yeah. can leave. So when you're when you're thinking about going joining a gym, ask yourself what are some of the best classes you've been in, in other gyms maybe. Ask yourself what kind of um, time do you have within a class and then and then give it a shot. So it's pretty much the same as Austin's, honestly. Is buying into a community? look at how the head trainers and the owners treat their staff and the members ask if they do professional development That was ask the how long idea. they do professional development is it frequent, is it once a week is it once a month, is it never ask if they support continuing education and by what means, not that you should expect that they'll pay but just ask hey what do you guys think about this um, and expect to pay as a member if you're a part time coach You'll get paid, but it's not every gym is gonna give you a free membership because you're a coach.
1: You know. Yeah, that's a different discussion, but I agree with everything you guys said. Like, I, I don't think,
2: know if I give you a good answer. His answer was, was No,
1: good. I think they're both I good. There's there's tangible things in both of those. So, you know, it, there is no perfect scenario. You have to figure out like what it is that you're looking for, and then like anything else, do some shopping around. Like maybe like, you know, like it's like you're shopping for a car. Like I, I like some things about this car, and I like some things about that car. Here's what I definitely can't deal with. Here's what I can deal with, and then try to make the best of that. Yeah. You know, um, what I would say is, you need to look at it from a. This is me looking at it f- through a, the other the other side of the lens, which is most coaches are looking to go to a gym that can provide value to them. I think a much better strategy is figure out how you can provide value to the gym. Like, what is going to make them want to have you there? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's
1: not just like
3: that's a good strategy for.
1: Anything basically, yeah, Yeah. potential new hire, yeah. Uh, Which and the coach development thing you brought up is actually good because the next question is, this is uh, from Dana Murdoch seventeen. Can you share some ideas, activities, homework for things that work well in house coach development? For example, like at staff meetings. So this actually this question comes up quite a bit because I think people are somewhat at a loss for. They don't feel qualified to do coach development, so how do we go about doing coach development?
2: Like, how do you start that?
1: Yeah, like, like, what would be some drills that you guys would do? Like, if we were gonna do, if I'm, if I'm just decided today, I'm like, hey, I need to start working on my coaches and their ability to, you know, teach, see, correct. Like, where, like, what would be something I could do? Well, if we
2: we're gonna go, if we just looked at it logically, you first have to introduce the class. Right? There's public speaking skills involved with introducing a class we used to do professional development I think every two weeks in um, in our old gym uh, we don't do it as much now because of where we are in the business model here but when it's needed we'll do it we would um, do public speaking drills, we wouldn't necessarily do take a workout and, and brief it but like alright you have three minutes to talk about what it means to brush your teeth just to see if they know how to take a topic and then have, like, an intro, a close, and a
1: a body. Um, That's a good way to just get people, like, just get some of that anxiety off people Mm -hmm. and just have them practice anything and and get them to understand it's okay to mess up and it's okay to be a little bit silly, too. Right. Right. So, you know, because I've seen people that are very outgoing, uh, just absolute extroverts, and then they clam up as soon as they have to give a whiteboard brief. As soon as they have to brief 2159 thrusters and pull ups, it's like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's just because they don't have enough reps there. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize it's not that big of a deal. Yeah,
2: and we would, what we would do to pick the focus is we'd identify maybe some common but themes yeah. right. across the, the gym. Um, and then use that as the, the, uh, the nucleus of it. So if it was, hey guys, no. We've noticed that we're not correcting. We're instructing, but we're not really correcting too much. So let's run a correcting drill. So we would get all our team, it would be like eight of us or something like that. And if you can do it with two and three as well, and we would have someone facilitating, so myself or Austin at that point, and we'd say, "Okay, you're going to have 60 seconds to to make as many corrections as you can as these athletes, and we do a, like a mini workout. Yeah. They would be moving. They'd have like an empty barbell, and say it's a thruster, and then maybe um, like a toe-to-bar or mm-hmm. a pull-up or something like that. And they're going to do two rounds. They're going to go like 10 or 10, two, uh, two or three rounds, and I'm just going to watch with them, mm-hmm. like, correcting. correcting. Um, I'm making some notes, and then after that, we sit as a group, and we, and we say, okay, what, what was your most common fault? Um... Why did you decide to do this? Why do you use that correctional strategy? Blah, blah, blah. And then maybe here's some things they missed. And the, the questions you should have listed so you can kind of pull from them so you're not over. Yeah. Plan all that ahead of time. Yeah. Um and if uh, the 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 coaches in the gym are not as skilled to do something that fast, you can have a control group like at the level one and the level two where we get them in circles, and I call, so they ask what I call down. They squat down, and I say, make a correction right now in this static position at the bottom. Okay. I think when you go a layer deeper and actually tell them where to make that correction. Yeah. Um, I just go around and, and knock out the points of performance and say, all right, these guys are going to do 20 reps at a time. You're going to make as many corrections as you can. Now, obviously, there's a scene element yeah. which we can, you can backtrack on. We, did, we didn't do it in any specific order. Yeah. We would just pick focal points based on what we'd seen over the last two weeks.
1: And if you don't feel like you have enough knowledge to do this with your coaching staff, the first thing I would tell you is like break open your CrossFit level one training guide and literally just go to the back where the nine foundational movements are are housed and just look through there. And So I, I've done this numerous different ways with my coaching staff. So we've done those kind of those real-time drills, you know, where we do a, t- a seeing drill or a correcting drill. Um, we And we give them the opportunity to cue in a number of different ways, verbal, visual, tactile. We've also done it the other way where we'll have somebody give a presentation of walk us through the deadlift, give us the points of performance, like T, you know, give a truncated version of the deadlift lecture just to kind of put somebody in the spotlight and see if they've, are they working on the knowledge portion of, of coaching, right? Because if you can't do that, then all of the other stuff is, re, is is exponentially more difficult to do, right? If you don't have that knowledge base, then you can't do the rest of it. From a practical standpoint, here's a good way to add value to two populations, which is your coaching staff and the members. And we've found this at our gym to be wildly beneficial. We used to do our coaching development stuff like later in the evenings when we would do our staff meetings, so like 7 p.m. or later. Um People just got tired of it, and it, it just people get burned out fast. We moved it to earlier in the afternoon when we do it. Now what you can do is you can advertise that to your members, and now what members get is they get extra coaching that's very targeted on movement. So now what we've had, anytime we do that, we have 8 to 10 members that show up to just be active participants in that coach development and they eat it up mm. so that's a really good way and you're not eating into people's evening for your, from your coaching staff standpoint so that's a good way to really kind of scratch two itches there which is like members want more attention and coaches want more attention, you can do both at the same time
2: mm-hmm. um, and I think here at Reebok CrossFit 1 we're really lucky because we have you know all our full time coaches here all the time so yeah. we can say, Hey two PM, we're gonna meet for thirty minutes at the whiteboard and blah 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 and you know the, the listeners are like, Well that's great Denise, it must be nice to have that luxury where these guys they have part timers coming in, they have other jobs, they've got families, they're all on different schedules. So all you do is program a month out. It's like anything, send out an invite or do a doodle, but hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna have four big professional developments a year. Mm. One a quarter. And it's going to be extensive. We might be on site for, for one, two, three, however many hours. You could be like, we'll make it. Uh, we'll do a workout. We'll have some lunch together. We'll, it'll be like, almost like a mini seminar, but with your coaches. And that's why I only do four, because it takes time to plan
1: it. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. And, and then, you're asking a lot of them. Most of them are doing it on their off time. Right.
2: And we have to remember that. it's your full, You can ask a lot of your full-time staff, because they're full-time. It's their job. You have to be... Um, Sensitive to the part-timers yeah. they love it it's not through lack of passion and wanting to help but they have another job they're out there you know It's so it's not yeah we want to be there but we can't then you just have to you have to plan ahead for that
1: um, we'll do one more so uh, just so everybody knows Austin had to step out he had to rush busy man so Denise and I are going to which might be better anyway Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to wrap this up but we're going to do one more and I think this is a good one um, yeah, I'll do this one. So, cause I think I know where you're going to go with this. Uh, Denise is, this is also from Dana. Uh, what are your, what are some of your best practices for bringing on new coaches? More specifically, once they're hired, what type of job training mm-hmm. do you provide, uh, before they're on their own?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, we should probably just acknowledge there's a lot of different ways to do this. But what do you guys do here? Okay.
2: So when do we have a new coach that comes in? Are we talking they they've coached before or they're like brand new or should we hit both?
1: Let's do let's try to do both. Because we we now have a track for both as well. Because we realise that like you need a track for both. Because that matters. It does. The matter.
2: level that they're coming in at, first of all, matters. So we obviously can't speak to every scenario, but we can do general population. So we'll say this coach is ne- is not really coached before. Like Amy, right? Mm-hmm. Amy Crawford works in HR, but she found a passion for wanting to coach crossfit never did it before has a level one she's like hey can i coach a couple of classes we're like yeah absolutely what amy did to start with is she would shadow classes not she wouldn't do anything she just watch. uh before she did that i would ask her to write a lesson plan didn't give her any direction just write a lesson plan bring it in 10 minutes before i just want to take a look at it and then when you watch these classes, you can take my lesson plan and just kind of compare the two and maybe make some notes on yours of what you do different and just watch and make notes. I didn't give them any direction because that's what we tend to do, right, as quote-unquote experts. We, we, like, whitewash them with all this information before they've even had an opportunity to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. We did that for a while and, it, you know, at least a month, I want to say, I maybe even longer, she would also take class. So she would watch class, take it, or take it and then watch it. So she would put the time in. Like That's two hours out of her day in a work day that she now has to go back and make that up before she goes home. So the investment was there from her. Eventually, we well, were like, all right, Amy, I, w- I would like you to run a general warm-up. Most people would think that you would have them intro the class first, but intro in a class is a beast like it takes preparation
1: well more than that I I think it takes in my opinion to do it well a significant amount of knowledge right right so yeah I think people just think you can just do the whiteboard brief and I'm like you can there's a way to just if you wanted a very general template it's like here's the workout here's the intent here's some scaling options but in order to dive into some of the intent and the scaling options you need to really kind of know what the hell it is you're talking about um. yeah
2: yeah so we would just have them do a general warm up and they would plan it at a time we'd go through it before I would have Amy take me through the general warm up um so that she's getting practicing and that, so I can give her a little bit of feedback but yeah. well, not a lot because she's never done it before it's a general warm up I'm there to help her uh and then she does it and I give her five minutes plan for five minutes uh it could be three rounder it could be like um do this on every 30 seconds whatever you want and that's it i don't even tell them see them correct i just tell them demonstrate the movements give them a tiny bit of guidance on how it should happen and get comfortable just being in front of a group especially here at rebar you're in front of your peers that you work with which can be terrifying yeah so there's, there's low ego um and then after i'll give a one or two action items for the next
1: time.
2: She'll do that for a good amount of time. Um,
1: so you go from general warm up to then, to then what?
2: To then teaching one of the specific movements. So
1: so I'll if there's two. multiple movements in the specific movement, you'll give them one.
2: I'll give them one, and it'll be the it'll be the simplest. The simplest one. of them. Yeah. Okay. So if we were to say we had like a push up and a uh, a run, like a run and a snatch. I would have her go for the push-up, right, and I would have her write her teaching plan out from setup, execution, finish, and then cycling, if that's the case, and then I would just quiz her, right, right, when you do this, what are you going to look for? Okay, write that down, just look for that, and just have her, hey, I mean, you have like five, seven minutes to teach the push-up, if you don't use it all, you don't have it, and she did that. And we kept doing that with different movements for a while. And, and I can't give you a specific set time because it's just based on how well they do as to yeah. when we move on. Yeah. Um, so
1: we have general timelines, but those timelines can go left or right depending on the person. Yeah. You know, so I might be able to fast forward through the general warm-up. Um, and this kind of goes to a little bit of what we discussed yesterday about like w- like where should people focus their time first if we're looking at the six criteria. And we both agreed that where most people should try to nail down first is just the group management, mm-hmm. which you can do in the general warm up. Like, that's just a very good place to start. And then all of the other stuff is involved a little bit more in the specific warm up, because now I need to be able to teach C correct. Right. Yeah.
2: So, um, and then we layer on, we'll have it <laughs> teach two movements. Um, and, uh, and then we'll peel back. Mm-hmm. We'll have it teach one movement again, but it's complex. So a PVC snatch or a muscle-up transition, even a pistol, you know?
1: Yeah. So now you're now you're testing somebody's ability to run through a complex movement, and can they make it simple? What types of cues are they using? Do they have a progression? Are they using the progression with intent?
2: Yeah. yeah. But getting rid of everything else. Yeah. I don't want it to worry about the general warm-up or all the other movements, just that. Yeah. And then there comes like that golden moment where it's a workout that I'm like, I think Amy could take this whole class. And I I always have to, like, disclaim when I say this, like, if it was a workout, like, rowing and burpees. And not that rowing's not technical. It's super technical. I mean, I could spend hours on the row, but it's low risk. If people are bending the knees early or going over the knees or, you know, the heels are coming up a little bit more. It's not unsafe. Right, it's not unsafe. So I'm like, oh, this is a great day for her. So now I'm like, I let her know ahead of time. Amy if you're comfortable you can teach the whole workout she, of course she says yes Yeah. she always has me there or one of our other coaches there but she's not gone through the introduction yet so I have her come down and take me through what she's going to say and she does, really, she does really well at that and then she shows me her timelines where she wants to be but I'm there in the background and this is what we do at the CDP I'm there in the background um, kind of Playing with the music, mm-hmm. touching base with the members, making sure the energy's high, so that Amy can just focus on implementing what that she's one doing, thing. Um, and then after you know we say good job, and I will say, and I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say it because it's definitely not what I remember. I would hate to be one of those people that says one thing on the podcast and then something else happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We Amy did so well in a couple of classes, like back to back, that we kind of just threw her in. And we had a couple of classes where there'd be someone kind of overseeing it, but not really there with her. And then I decided, I'm going to watch the class, like, from start Mm -hmm. to finish. And she did great, but it it was definitely a point of, Amy, I apologise here. We shouldn't have kind of thrown you in like that. You're not doing a bad job. Please don't think that. But... I think we need to do some more development in some of the different section elements, the sections. Well,
1: could have just been a perfect storm of of good things, meaning there were there were movements that were able to handle in with, you know, relatively low time frame as far as the intent of the workout. Maybe not a ton of athletes. Where somebody you could get a false positive there, meaning like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going pretty well, and then you look at the class, you're like. Oh yeah, I see why that would go well. And it's great that it did. Mm-hmm. However, we're not prepared for when it's not that, when it's, you know, when it's the lumberjack 20 and there's 40 people in the class, you know, like that, like you putting somebody in there who hasn't kind of been run through the ringer yet. That's, that's our fault from a development standpoint. Right, so.
2: and there's really, a coach can instruct, They can tell somebody what to do, They could maybe even do a little seeing and correcting. Yeah. But where the real difficulty lies is in the scaling of a mixed ability class of 15 people. And that's where Amy needs to peel back and understand how she can use those general and specific warm-ups to assess for scaling. Yeah. Because that's another level.
1: It's a whole other level. And if you guys haven't listened to the scaling episode, go back and listen to it. Because that, in my mind, is the absolute true mark of a really really well versed coach is their ability to just look at the class and immediately go, I'm pretty sure what I'm gonna do here, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing there, and and then confirm that during the general warm-up, the specific warm-up going through. But you know, just that ability to just really be able to dial up just a whole host of of scaling options for people. And not just meaning like you're just you're gonna do jumping pull-ups. I mean like really be able to get creative and know not just scaling, but the progressive scaling that needs to have happen for those athletes over the cross of their over the course of their lifespan with you, like moving them towards, you know, better movement. i
2: I'm, I'll be honest right now. Scaling consumes the majority of my lesson planning. It should. Yeah.
1: Because if you think about it from a practical standpoint, it's the majority of the problems you're going to have.
2: You're not going to have. You know, it's funny, you're not going to have the perfect class, and when it happens, it's exciting. Perfect class meaning.
1: Everybody knows how to do the movements. No,
2: no, yeah, that but
1: prescribed.
2: They're either all beginners. Or they're all like in this like Mm -hmm. intermediate level, which, and even in that that class is harder to coach because intermediate there's a large array Or they're all advanced, which means they can all do the movements pretty well, with the right loading or maybe a little less loading. That's easy. Put the weight down or a couple less reps. That's the perfect class in all. We don't get that. So you have to spend time discovering what the intent of the workout is, scaling to get that, and preparing always for a, a class of 15 people yeah, or I, 20.
1: I always plan for more. Yeah. Always and plan then for
2: more. The, the larger the class, the less options they get. And here's why. People will be like, well, that's not fair because what if you give me three options, but one of them is not the right option for me it's too easy but two things one yep. we can come around and give you a little special scale if we think that's the right call but two you're not in a one on one session here you're yeah. in a, in a group. GPP group exercise class where you're paying anywhere from $100 to if you're in the city maybe $300 a month yeah. if you want one on one specialized you, training you, to pay for it. you can pay me $200 an hour Yeah. you know and so they have to understand that we're it's an all-inclusive crop program. Yeah. But as you become a better coach, you can definitely just.
1: You can get those those personal yeah, touches in and there. and you, you should get, be
2: looking to yeah. do that because we should be able to target for those people. Yeah. But
1: so um, if, as we wrap up this really yeah, long winded yeah, answer, back to you, yeah, Dana
2: you, out here. Start them with a general warm up. Do some effort with them before move them into an easy specific portion. Um, Then maybe have them do two easier ones. Then maybe peel back, do one complex. Um, And then when a class comes up, that's the class that you think that they could manage, Mm -hmm. um, low scale, low complexity, have them do the whole thing. You have to be there to help.
1: Yeah, you're the backstop. Yeah, Anything
2: that goes wrong in that class is still your fault. Yeah, absolutely. Not the person that's in there.
1: So like the short, short version of that is From a practical standpoint, is take a look at your lesson plan. Take the pieces of the lesson plan, isolate them for that coach to do. Verify that they know what needs to happen beforehand. So they need to give you a lesson plan in general. They need to give you the whiteboard brief before they give it. They need to run you through the general warm up. They need to verbalize and physically take you through the specific warm up and the progression before they do that. I don't know. Practice. I don't practice Yeah, um, But so that would be just be a very tangible way to do that. And then you figure out from a coaching standpoint in your gym what is kind of a go, no-go criteria. Like when are they ready? Mm-hmm. That's completely up to you based on what you see. So mm-hmm. um, that's just a really easy way to do it. Um, we could do this all day, but we have to wrap up because I've got to get a flight.
2: I have a question, though. What's up? Did we get the last
1: 19 minutes? I stopped recording about twenty. I actually just cut out all the times you were speaking. So it's just me and Austin. <laughs> um, no, but on the real guys, if you have more questions, please send those in. These are super fun for us um, and, uh, and really beneficial to the community because that's what everybody wants to hear. Um, check out the CDP course. If you uh, want one local to your area, reach out. If you want to host one, reach out. If you just want more information in general about that course, is it for you? Is it for your coaching staff? Reach out. Uh, it is a phenomenal course you'll absolutely get something out of it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks to you too. Thanks for the best hour of your day. Yeah, best hour of your day. See ya.
0: Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And just so you guys know, it is bonus week. We're going to be bringing you an episode every day, Monday through Friday this week. And we've got some great, great interviews and episodes coming your way. Check out besthouroftheirday.com if you haven't already. And you can find us on social media at best hour of their day or email us hour of their day at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.